Welcome back, everyone, to the Neo Reality NRE WrestleVerse podcast, and I'm your host, Eric Brown, and oh boy, I've been waiting to talk about this, mostly because everything's been crazy in the wrestling world these uh, last few times, these last week. So, after a long, lengthy hiatus from wrestling after a massive walkout that changed the fabric of reality as we know it, mostly for tribalists, uh, the formerly known as Naomi, who I must remind you all was pissed off with WWE because of how they handled her when she won the tag titles and left with Sasha Banks, who is now working in New Japan as Mercedes Monet. And New Japan would have been interested in hiring Naomi to join their company. However, the budget constraints happened because they were like, okay, look, you can, we, we managed to push it for Sasha. We can't afford Naomi. Unless you want to start firing people, in which case we need to be like WWE on that front. But no, we have already looked the other way on this. Stop releasing, stop hiring very expressive names in wrestling. It's weird, it's con, and it's going to piss off the tribalist community. Okay, that la okay, that, I'm like, it's going to piss off the tribalist side of the way, but still. Anyways. So, Trinity Fatu, as she is known in real life. Had, we don't know where she was going to go. We thought she could go to AEW. We thought she could go to Impact. We thought she could go to Ring of Honor even. We thought she could even show up on NWA, which would have been a questionable decision on that front in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. And considering how much of a crazy company that company's gotten ever since they hired CYA, CYN. And look how that worked out. But nope. She'd shock the world joining Impact Wrestling under the Chicago episode for earlier during this week. And it was taped in advance. So she made her big epic debut on Impact Wrestling as Trinity. And it sent shockwaves since she left the WWE and revealed that yes, there was a career dispute and the disrespect she felt. And she said, I left the WWE that day because of the way I was talked into and handled. Saying this on Busted Open Radio, I chose and want to be at Impact. The doors are open for me ever earlier. I truly feel like Impact's the best choice for me at this point in my life right now with what I want to do and to just be able to work with the talent there. I feel like that is where I'll be happiest and most realized and really get to grow in the ways I feel I need to right now in this wrestling journey. Had all this stuff never happened, there's no way I would have taken that leap. The situation kind of forced me to figure it out. That's what I meant when I say everything was a blessing in disguise. I was going through a lot and I felt very stagnant. I was unhappy. Ultimately, I left that day because of the way I was talked to and handled. Everything kind of broke, broke me that day. It had nothing to do with anything else or anybody else. That was just it. I had to. To go through that backlash and negativity and the lies and the rumors and also feel lost. It really broke me. So, congratulations, Tribalist. You're all pieces of shits. Like, I was always assuming that was the reason why she left, because how she was creatively handled, how she was being booked, all that stuff, which I have a feeling that was the most likely case scenario. And then Dodo probably didn't help much, considering they were basically gaslighting her and condemning her and Sasha and even publicly commenting on this like this was freaking Stone Cold Steve Austin's days when he walked out. Except I feel like I feel like Stone Cold got the better end of that deal because he was because Sasha and Naomi were being trashed for about 
two episodes, whereas WWE just addressed it once, and other wrestlers just took shots at Stone Cold like The Rock. But, um, yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't help much now that the tribalists on social media, congratulations Twitter, decide to make things worse by, you know, spreading up lies, rumors, hostile talks, saying she's ungrateful, she's stubborn, she doesn't care, she never loved, we never liked her in the first place because we have to point this narrative that we're saints of WWE, even though we're kind of demonic ape assholes right now. But yeah, that's what happened. So she was, she said it was probably the lowest, lowest I've ever felt in my life. Going through that, it made me reset and face it head on and figure out how to learn from this experience, grow from it, and find myself again in all of it. I'm extremely happy now. I'm really thankful for this opportunity to show that you haven't seen me at my best yet. And hoorah! So Sherry has filmed her return match taking place against Kylie King and will air on Impact. Ray. Uh, I was shocked when she came to Impact. Like, I knew there was a possibility, but I was like, dude, can Impact afford her from their budget? Considering they fired Willie Mack because they realized he was going to get a million dollars thanks to a deal in his contract, which is kind of a, a, a bad move to make. But anyways, enough of my uh, beliefs on that front. Um, we also learned that uh, Naomi, aka Trinity now, um, also had a torn labrum during her final year in WWE, and that was the other reason why she was gone and stayed silent, because she was recovering from surgery finally. So I was like, when I heard that, I was like, so they had you work with a torn labrum, and no one thought that was a dumb idea? Is that the implication? Wow. <laughs> right. And meanwhile, AEW wrestlers, specifically um, the baddies, uh, and, and Jay Cargill, mostly the baddies, Layla Gray of the baddies, uh, decided to come out and say, we want women tag titles. Saying this on Muscleman Malcolm, um, in an interview, saying that to Muscleman Malcolm, uh, she said 100%. Layla Gray, Jay Cargill, we are the tag team champions of the future. Tony Khan, make it happen. Oh, oh you poor fools. Look, look, uh, um, I, I don't, uh, look, I, I don't want to be that guy whatsoever, but like, did you, like, women tag titles, I could, I, it works better if it was an all-female promotion, like Stardom, but just considering the stagnant, the struggle that the AEW women have to go through because, you know, they, they just do because AEW booking or maybe TNT and TBS and Warner Bros. Discovery have a sexist agenda. No idea on that. That's just a theory I've had for a while that they say, well, they don't make ratings pop, so we need you to put less emphasis on them and more emphasis on the men. Because we're men. That's at least my conspiracy theory, but I could be completely wrong and AEW just has a problem with booking women wrestlers. Unless they're from Japan, in which case they'll be booked like the most powerful force in wrestling. 
But uh, yeah, um, there was, and Tony Khan even admitted he, he has been trying to push for an AEW all women show, all elite women. And I was like, can you just book them on Dynamite more good or make Rampage the show? Or hell, maybe AEW Collision will help that, but I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up on that. Uh, but tag titles, even if you gave them their own show or gave them a huge amount of push, it's still a struggle to do that. I'm like, look at WWE and how they've done it. Heck, there's a reason why people attack. Heck, I even still forget just talking about this. I just remembered. Don't they have like a never, never open weight six ti- six man tag title? And I keep forgetting that exists. Or the never open weight championship, which are male titles. Heck, I still think like it's awkward to see Hiroshi Tanahashi hold it. Or hell, I don't even like. And when Jay White was holding it, I was like, that does not fit you, man. That does not work. I can't picture it. I don't know why you have that belt. It's just weird to me. Meanwhile, as all that goes on, Mercedes Monet has commented about her future amid rumors of a New Japan Pro Wrestling exit. Monet confirmed to TMZ that she has one match left in her on her deal with New Japan that will see her wrestle at Resurgence on May 21st in Long Beach, California. Monet will compete in the one-night tournament that crowned the inaugural in New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Women's Champion. She will face CML LL's Steve Stephanie in the semifinals, and if she wins, Monet will face either AEW's Willa Nightingale or Sodom's Momo oh, in the finals. If Monet and New Japan will come to terms is an, on another short-term extension, is unknown, but former, but the former Sasha Banks hinted she has plans outside of pro wrestling, telling TMZ, I have so many auditions in the bank, I have movies coming up, I have TV shows coming up, I don't know what's next in my chapter, but I know that I have so much hate lined up, I can just expect that it's going to be an absolute bust, but an absolute best. And, you know, she is Posca Reeves in The Mandalorian, so, um, yeah, the more I feel, I, like, this is how I look at it. She could drop the whole Hollywood stuff and go full-time wrestling, but, no, like, I get, like, she could do that, she could, but she won't. And eventually Hollywood, she's going to get a lot bigger in Hollywood. Like her big moment, her big portrayal so far is being in Star Wars. That's the first, first star. That's a good jumping on point. <laughs> I'm just that guy that's like, the more she does Hollywood work, I get the feeling her time in wrestling is going to be much more less lesser. Because Hollywood execs are going to be like, look, we can't have you wrestle a woman because you have an insurance, because you will be very expensive if we go ahead and see you get injured and we will pay for that and we don't want to so stop wrestling like we managed to get the rock off of wrestling and he's trying to still come back but we need to stop him from wrestling damn it so yeah the more she talks about these movies and whatnot i feel like she's gonna transition more into hollywood and tv stuff i feel like her time in wrestling is on temporary ice soon for now she's still pretty young to keep to continue going but we'll see no idea what will happen but like i said it's still a possibility she still continues wrestling and has her dual career with hollywood but hollywood executives i, I wouldn't be surprised if they start to try to tell her to stop speaking of people getting injured robert rude uh aka bobby rude um he has disappeared so his last appearance was 
losing to Omos at a house show in June 2022. And then it got confirmed that in last year's December, he went under neck fusion surgery to, to on his C5 and C6 vertebrae injury, which often keeps town out of action for nearly for at least one year. And right now, Robert Roo is expected to be out of action according to Fightful Select, but he could be out for the rest of 2023. And when exactly Rude will return in 2024 is unknown currently. So, yeah, Rude has pretty much um, peaked in NXT during his Dode run. <clears throat> his US title, I just forget about that he won that for a time. And I even forget he was the SmackDown Raw Tag Top Champions on, on, two, on several occasions with Ziggler and Chad. That's just how bad things have gotten for his run, I feel, because I completely forgot. He was even those other top champions and when i remember he was u.s champion it was when randy orton was the champion which was weird in and of itself and when they had the match it was like that style they don't work well together because their styles are too similar and they can't really gel that well unless randy orton was like his 2004 incarnation so yeah robert is out of action until next year uh hope he does well soon and i hope he comes back better than ever Meanwhile, as Mercedes Monet and AEW start to slowly but surely collide in, in New Japan, John Moxley is coming to New Japan Resurgence as well. Moxley's opponent, however, is yet to be determined, but um, <laughs> it will be his first match since his surprise appearance at, at the night before Rumble on 44th Street on October 30th, 2022, where he teamed up with Okada, Eddie Kingston, YOH, Homicide Amazing Red to defeat Bullet Club in the Elimination Tag Match. And also, he wants to, he's coming to Dominion. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be a crazy time. And, and there are hints that Brian Danielson might be coming soon, depending on after Double or Nothing, no doubt. We'll see, but it's going to be a freaking awesome time. Meanwhile, Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, came, is set to come back on Wrestling Dontaka, Dontaku, and yeah, fun all around. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he he came back on Wrestling Dontaku on um, May third. and he is set to also fight for the. Um, tournament to determine who will face the IWUS champion the winner will it will be heat between him and Will Osprey and the winner will face Lance Archer in the final of Dominion before an eventual showdown with Kenny Omega so props I'm also so if Kenny Omega fights Will Osprey we'll get a classic slobber knocker fest out of that Hiroshi Tanahashi I wonder if Kenny Omega would feel having to see him in front of him like my god this guy, he has the balls to show up here after he made me leave New Japan for several years and nearly got me banned from 10 years from the country because New Japan executives are, in fact, a bunch of assholes. Yeah, that rumor that was going around at the time, I'm still like, what the hell, man? So, anyways, yeah, Hiroshi Tanahashi, I want to see Will Ospreay again fight Omega. But I also kind of want to see Hiroshi Tanahashi fight Omega just to revisit, re just to get Kenny Omega's revenge on him. And that would be an awesome match. 
uh, it, it's gonna depend. It, it, it really is gonna depend uh, how that goes and how the tournament goes and if Will Osby will be able to work that level again after his numerous injuries he had after West Wrestle Kingdom. Meanwhile, Saray uh, revealed that she has got, had the option to resign her identity before her contract expired in March 2023, but she turned down the opportunity to remain in the organization, saying, I didn't fight on the main roster, but I felt that I had learned enough in WWE. I, had, I was able to absorb the spirit of entertainment that I had been missing. There was talk of renewing the contract, but I wanted to do wrestling that I believed in, and at 27 years old, I was at my most physically active, so I thought I would regret if I don't do the wrestling I have wanted to do for a long time now. She signed back in 2020 and eventually arrived to NXT in 2021 following COVID-19 related delays and she was soon repackaged as a schoolgirl who turned into a glamorous warrior through her grandmother's medallion. As if we had to summon, unless we had to go ahead and talk about the stereotyping of Japanese women for some reason. Because we need to make this an anime all of a sudden for some reason in Bruce Pritchard's demented worldview and HBK's. Seriously, what the hell is going on that day? Also, a former WWE writer, um, it was publicly coming out that originally at WrestleMania 35, Mandy Rose was originally scheduled to win the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania that year. And former WWE writer David Schilling uh, has now revealed that Rose's win would have begun um, uh, a romance angle with Fire and Desire tag team partner Sonya Deville and yeah um <laughs> so apparently the plan was that they were going to do a triple threat match between Asuka, Sonya and Mandy Mandy was going to win because Sonya would lay down for her then they would embrace and kiss in the middle of the ring and I'm pretty certain horny men are now demanding bloodlust vengeance on this because now they're like, you robbed me of my horny desires to see girl on girl. I'm pretty certain that's the logic they're going with. Um, the writer then said, if you're going to do this, I understand why it would, could be a great because it's because it is representation and it's necessary. Okay. Good because of representation. How is it necessary though? I'm kind of, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm just confused. But um, yeah. To today's credit, he says they went to Glad, aka the Gay Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Stephen Man was on the phone with them, saying, "Can we do this? Can we make this a palpable and sensitive to the situation with queer people in America? Can we make this a good angle?" And the thing I said was, and the thing that I said was, the writer. Uh, so apparently said this to them at WrestleMania 60,000 people are going to be rooting for Asuka and they're supposed to be the baby faces they're going to be booed out of the building and you're going to have two women kissing in the middle of the ring and people booing because they love Asuka so much people do love Asuka and every time Daddy thinks they can beat her and who cares they forget people have a positive intense relationship with her even when they try to make her a heel they root for her eventually that storyline didn't get done because they decided to put the belt on charlotte because charlotte is queen and we need to respect we need to demand her her authority because she was still in her i'm rick flair's daughter phase until rick flair decided to shoot himself in the foot for charlotte to realize oh my god what the hell man repeatedly saying uh it could have turned out poorly even though the best intentions were there <laughs> You know, this is Vince McMahon. I'm pretty sure he had less than best intentions in mind for this. 
they did want to make a good storyline and Sony and Mandy were involved and they were excited about doing it at the end of the day you have to do it right and that would have been the wrong way to do it because you're beating a baby face who people love at WrestleMania when there's so much complaint about around how Asuka is losing is even Asuka is currently 0-5 at WrestleMania uh, I think it's safe to say that was going to happen uh, Mandy Rose is no longer in WWE having been fired in December of 2022 because of uh, accounts and yeah Sonya Deville is currently part of a tag team with Chelsea Green and they were drafted to the Smackdown during the 2023 draft also Griff Garrison remember him Ryan Pillman Jr. talks about him sometimes um yeah I forgot Griff Garrison was hurt He's been out of action for the past several months saying that and Brian Pillman has revealed that his tight team partners in return isn't too far away telling Fightful he's great I just talked to him he's about three weeks from bumping so in about three weeks his body will be able to withstand the punishment that the business places on our bodies which means he'll be very healthy in about three weeks I'm very excited for him as you know Griff's a great athlete such a good looking great looking kid we have had a big history big future together so I'm looking forward to seeing what happens when he comes back and as you know, they were the Varsity Blondes. So we don't know what the injury was, but um, yeah. And Pillman has since formed a tag team with Brock Anderson, and the Flying Brian has teased there could be a twist when Griff Garrison returns from injury. Interesting, interesting. Ah, I like the Varsity Blondes. I really hope they don't actually just have the have Griff or Brian turn heel. I kind of want to see Brock Anderson, him and and Griff and Brian just team up and you know have a renewed feud with the House of Black, considering they stole Julia Hart from them. Uh, so uh, yeah, we could do that. That would be freaking awesome, especially since House of Black are the current trio champions in the AEW and they have their own ruling system now. Yay. Meanwhile, Vince McMahon, because he doesn't know when to shut the hell up uh, with his uh, booking ideas, uh, wanted to pitch ideas of who Roman could fight for his 1,000-day historic reign as champion of tyranny uh, at the upcoming uh, blood, blood Money event. Uh, WWE employees are apparently scoffing at Vince's pitches. WrestleVote said on Give Me Sport, McMahon had pitched several opponents for Reigns' challenger, and a few of them were scoffed at by people on the creative team. Can we get more of that? Can we get more blatant disrespect to Vince? Like, props to everything he's done for wrestling, but let's be real, he probably could have done it a lot better than blood, bungeons, and horrible business practices that make you question the whole sense of humanity. That and covers up, cover-ups and uh, other horrible, deviant stuff. Reservoir said, I was told that Vince McMahon has pitched several ideas for Roman's next challenger. A few of them were even scoffed, kind of scoffed at. Like, that doesn't make any sense kind of deal. So, who would you book to fight Roman on his 1,000th day reign? Well, in my humble opinion, uh, currently can't do it right now. Uh, I'll give you an update why that is. Is I would have booked AJ Styles to be his opponent, considering Roman and him do have a history. And plus, AJ has help with the with the OC, and they could beat the hell out of the bloodline. So we could do that. So why not? Is that asking too much? It makes sense a little bit. Plus, AJ Styles is a damn good performer. 
But right now he won't be able to do anything right now because he's in a tournament currently soon. That will probably culminate with him in the main event of that tournament. But uh, we'll see how that tournament goes. Meanwhile, uh, after the big big draft, a Dutty draft is said to have caused chaos within the Kelly's towns for being told one thing which would then change to after. People were in the country were also said to have been puzzled about who became a free agent during the draft, at with Bear having been confused in particular about having almost Omos being having the ability to work both for Raw and SmackDown. However, World Wrestling has painted a more positive picture of morale within Dirty however, stating that many backstage were really happy with how the roster shake up played out. Uh, um, Dave Meltzer via, via Wrestling as a radio described Dirty backstage after the draft as chaotic, however, we've instead heard many backstage were happy with the way the roster shook out, with most wrestlers looking forward to the class for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship in SummerSlam. Okay, honestly, I can think of both being the possible case, like the chaos being like before the drafts happened, that they were being told one thing, and then they were told another thing, and then they were told another thing again, and, and then they were like, here we are, the new ruling, oh, wait, no, wait, we gotta change that up, uh, here we are, the new draft, uh, wait, no, 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 uh, here's the old draft of rule number one, and whatnot, I can imagine that, but I'm pretty sure, but from, you could probably say both stories are correct like the chaos being that they were being told left and right what was different and work wrestling then comes in and basically says that the positive environment happened when the draft all worked out in the end that'll be it with some questions I have, that people have but um yeah that's just me meanwhile it's been a good week it was also a good week for the world for the intercontinental champion Walter the Ring General uh, is now married to NXT UK star Jenny. Jenny. The couple officially got married during a ceremony in London over the weekend. It took place at the Four Seasons Hotel at 10 Trinity Square. Walter shared a photo of the two celebrating via Twitter. Uh, bravo, bravo. And Walter, Walter is closing in on one year as Intercontinental Champion, and he's on, and he's behind the Honky Tonk Man. He's cool. He's cocky. He's bad. And Randy Savage. Oh yeah. Which means we need to see this. Jenny, meanwhile, announced her retirement from professional wrestling this year. She revealed that she had decided to stop wrestling due to concussion-related issues. Damn you, injury plague. But uh, yeah, Walter was also drafted to Raw for the rest of Imperium, which means my dream of seeing Walter versus AJ Styles will have to wait. But hopefully they do it, damn it. Heck, give AJ Styles the US title and then we can have them fight a Survivor Series. That'd be awesome. I like if they still do that again. Also, Rocky Romero decided to reveal something pretty interesting on Comedy Store Wrestling. Sega, he had a couple of co fun conversations with Finn Balor, aka Prince Divot, uh, over the last couple of years of like him kind of fancy booking, you know, and saying, I'm going to talk to Triple H and see if there's an opportunity for here for me to come back. Uh, this was years ago, but yeah, just, co just to come back and do a couple of matches and just kind of reheat himself before going back to the WWE. Basically, the idea was Rocky and I was hoping to see if he could convince management to, you know, bring back 
Prince Devitt, the, the Finn Balor, the Demon into New, back into New Japan for wrestling, which would have been a damn awesome moment to see him come back. But uh, WWE is WWE, and they're never going to do that. So we'll never see the our dream match for Bullet Club leadership supremacy. Though, of course, we would still need to get AJ Styles since he was the lead spokesperson, but still. Meanwhile, Brian, Brian James, a.k.a. Road Dog Jesse James, as he was all so-called, uh, uh, they decided to say, uh, announce, Brian James decided to go ahead uh, and announce on his, Oh, you didn't know? Brian James. You're ever called somebody. And now, see, we have a new writer actually for Bray now. So we'll see how all that unfolds down the road. <laughs> so he's been absent for a couple of months and has a reported illness. And he is still, but he is excited to be coming back into the mix soon. So that's cool. But yeah, they got a new writer for Bray Wyatt, considering how the other storyline kind of just stop because they couldn't really because it's not like they could just continue the story without him that would be stupid in their eyes even though you could have theoretically had him have uncle howdy do some stuff and alexa do some stuff i'm like alexa had surgery and involving cancer so props to her that she's free from that props to that but you could have had some stuff with uncle howdy at least promos to just kind of remind people yeah i'm still around i'm ready to strike when he comes back it would have been cool to just see him have Easter egg moments where he's just in the background staring into the camera and everyone kind of like goes plays this game where they try to spot him in the back like he did when Bray Wyatt, like when Bray Wyatt was being spotted everywhere in certain scenes where he wasn't the focus and yet you were like, what the hell is going on? My God, this guy's great. We're at like that one time where uh the the bloodline was in, was interrogating the roster of who's going to team up with somebody for the uh, war games match such as carrying cross and you see bray wyatt walking into the walking in the background screaming and yelling at himself like he's like having an insider fight but uh yeah it was cool just to, just to see that easter egg kind of thing we got i hope they do it again when he comes back Meanwhile, Mike Straw of Inside Gaming has revealed that AEW's upcoming console game, Fight Forever, appears to be ready for release because they have all the promotional material done. So, uh, they announced on Inside Gaming that all promotional material for AEW Fight Forever has been finished and the material is simply waiting to be used. The promotional team for Fight Forever yet to be told when the promo campaign ahead of the game's release will begin, however. It was for a note that Fight Forever is ready from a development standpoint, except for outgoing bugs and upgrades will be worked on before and after launch. Tonkan and reports have noted that Fight Forever was finished back in March, but THQ Nordrick, like Global Senior Community Manager Zandi, I can't pronounce his name, I tried, claimed in April that the Fight Forever game was not yet finished. And FIFA was scheduled for a quarter two 2023 release, which would indicate the game would be in store shelves by the end of June. The game was really slated to come out in 22, but the release was delayed as they tried to secure a team rate for the US ESRB. Because I'm pretty sure Tony Khan had to scream at King Omega asking, Why the hell did you put Molotov cocktails in this game, man? What the hell were you thinking? I don't even think how we get past it. I'm like, we'll have to bribe them more, but we have to figure this out. 
It will also it will be available on Xbox and PlayStation as well as Nintendo Switch and PC. Pray to the Nintendo Switch's demise on that. It's already how the other week tried and failed miserably on that. If they could somehow get it working, that would be a consider achievement of it itself. Um PC, I'm looking forward to the insane mods they probably put on there. We'll see. Um also, how's GCW doing currently with that, with the Fight Forever trademark dispute? Um, no update on that. I, I'm hoping something worked out. But uh, Rocky Romero mentioning that whole um, Finn Balor thing, uh, he decided to also come out and say that New Japan Pro Wrestling are open to bringing in fed up WWE talent. Saying, I think Mercedes was a big investment, obviously, and going forward with that, and going to see and test the waters where they were in the United States and they were worldwide. When you take a big town on like that, so I feel like now we're starting to feel comfortable again. So I feel like now, yeah, long story is long story is basically, yeah, if because Mr. Kevin is back and there are people who are unhappy in WWE, there very well could be a possibility of somebody coming over and being fed up with it and just walking away. New Japan Store will always be open if that does happen for sure. Mega. And considering how Endeavor is teasing that we're going to start firing people soon once the merging is complete. Goddamn. The dirty talent are currently panic moding. Panic in panic mode. So uh, good luck with that. So, um. Nope, I can't talk about this yet. Uh, I'll get to that soon. AEW has announced... It hasn't been announced, but Andrew Zarian of Matman Pro Wrestling Podcast has tweeted out that AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation have ended for the time being due to the promotion's new deal for Collision. The rumor Saturday show sets to premiere on June 17th where CM Punk's return on the new series will air on TNT in the United States. According to the report, part of the part, according to Zarian, part of the deal for Collision means AEW content is exclusive to Warner Bros. Discovery platforms in the U.S. at least. So what they so this is what they said. AW Dark and Dark Elevation have ended for the time being. That, that that's important to note. This is important has to do with AW signing a new deal for AW Collision to air on Saturdays. Part of the new deal is that AW wrestling content will exclusively air on WWE. As of today, this doesn't include Ring of Honor because Ring of Honor is considered a separate company owned by Tony Khan instead of the one owned by Tony Khan and his father. So yeah, this basically confirms a lot of things that were going on. Uh, it sucks that a lot of the local wrestlers and local talent will no longer be given that big thing, uh, that big push they were given being on the being on the YouTube shows. But it has been reported that Rampage may in fact be the replacement for that void, uh, becoming more of a developmental kind of vibe, which does sound kind of awesome. But at the same time, you need to find a way to provide incentive to give people a reason to be on rampage to give people to watch in rampage because rampage is always on the dead hour night so yeah I, I, we'll have to see how that goes so nope i'm not talking about this yet i, I have to I, i'm still stunned by the development of that that has announced 12 participants in the upcoming world heavyweight title tournament today on sunday the 12 individuals that will compete for the for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship that has been announced include six talents for Raw and six talents for SmackDown vying for the belt. The Raw talents are Seth Frickin' Rollins, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, The Miz, Shinsuke Nakamura, Cody Rhodes, 
AJ Styles, Bobby Lashley, Rey Mysterio, Edge, Sheamus, and last and certainly not and certainly least, Austin Theory. Wait. So, uh, yeah. Um, so when I heard this announcement, I thought, I, I was thinking, okay, this sounds like it could be an old-time tournament. There's a lot of great talent on here. Logistically, logically speaking, this, this is, I wrote this on Twitter about the tournament just from a quality standpoint. This is what I said. Now, for me personally, quality-wise, this has the potential to be an all-time tournament. Some great players in WWE, and many have history with each other. They can build drama around for that title, for the title. Logistic, log logically-wise, um, it is an absolute nightmare seeing SmackDown being in this event. And why is Austin Theory in the tournament? Because he has a championship already, and as we all know, doing double duty with the with two different divisional titles would cause massive headaches, mostly for the heels. I would have replaced Austin Theory with either LA Knight or Drew McIntyre, see, but seeing as, he, as Austin Theory has a title already. But that they reportedly may give LA the money in the bank contract, so that could be so that's so there you have an ad on that. Drew McIntyre, however, he's still pissed off and clearly wants out, unless that agrees to his demands. So yeah, but I did give WWE some praise of Solo Sokoa being not being added to this. Though, I did bring up the warning that we'll see if Cody gets taken out and replaced by Bloodline. This is WWE after all. On the downside, this is still the Bronze World title being handed out because Roman is God in WWE's plans to surpass Hogan, allegedly. And USA is still demanding a world title on Raw since Fox has a monopoly on it for SmackDown. So once more, mixed bag over this. And then I had learned more details such as the uh, triple threat system and the winners facing off in one-on-one -on -one matches. On Raw and SmackDown this week, and then the finals will happen at Night of Champions. So yeah, it, it, let's see how this works. But yeah, I have the feeling they're gonna screw Cody out of this probably because of what happened at Backlash. Okay, I have my main event articles to talk about, but uh, we also have this story to mention. So you remember Extreme Pro Wrestling, right? The, the company that recently decided to um, decide to have two events occur. One wrestler set himself on fire during their April 22nd show. And then there was another incident there um, uh, that someone shot the charades in someone's private parts. Goddamn. And so I was hearing, so I'm pretty sure I, ima I can imagine me went like this. Okay, we already shocked the crowd. We nearly killed a guy. We shoved a syringe up someone's private jewels. We need something more controversial, though. We need something, so something that no one could see coming from us, even with our damn reputation. See, to prove that we don't give a damn about a reputation. And whatnot. Uh, cue the reputation song from Ronda Rousey's theme. <laughs> uh, bad reputation. Uh, what could we do? What can we do to get people to really hate us? <laughs> um, we could try and sign someone kind of controversial. Hmm. 
But who, who can we hire that is so controversial that even they would be shocked that we hired them? Tessa, we want you in. Yep. Tessa Blanchard, you know, the person who was fired for keeping the Impact World title hostage and uh, refusing to come in, even though there was like several other ways you could have worked this out, in my opinion, and the racism incident that happened that came out again, even though it's come out that she's reconciled with that issue, uh, allegedly, I don't know, I don't know what goes on in their lives, but, uh, and to the point that WWE is like, we don't want to deal with you, uh, we're just saying a lot, but um, yeah, Chessa Blanchard has signed a deal, multi-show deal with XPW, because that was a great freaking idea with them, like we need controversy, we need more controversy, we need even greater controversy from Trifecta, we need to have the controversy Trifecta made, and long and behold we got it, especially after WoW decided to have the relationship fall apart before Blanchard could appear on screen for that company, so uh, yeah, this is basically what happened. Uh, we need to form the holy trifecta of controversies in wrestling. So, um, congrats. Congrats. We'll see how that works. Meanwhile, AEW had AEW's uh, SVP senior vice president uh, has come out to explain why the why AEW decided to book at Webley Stadium, saying this: the Jaguars were one of the first teams and have consistently played over in London for Webley a long, long time. Tony felt really strongly that the market would show up. That's the incredible thing about working for him. He's a fearless leader, fearless. In that sense, if we're going to do it, let's go for the biggest possible venue. We luckily do have some familiarity with the operations of Webley from there as part of the Jags games. We'll be able to have the knowledge of what we can build and can support and we'll set it up for AEW. Our production team is working through it right now in terms of all the details. I'm so excited for AEW's growth for the last four years. I've never I never would have thought I would have launched and have been as successful as it is. It survived us lots of event business through COVID. And then getting back on the road, continue to grow. We always try to look for, look ahead and see what we can do and what we can expand, but it's pretty incredible that what has been built over the last several years. Also, they could have done the whole thing at Cavern Cottage, however, there was logistical issues when it came to running a person event there, and the date of All-In is, um, is also after the start of the 2023-2024 Premier League season, which may have prevented the stadium from being booked for the August Bank Holiday Weekend. And tickets went on sale on Tuesday, May 2nd. As part of the pre-sale events, with over 80,000 people report, with over 60,000 people signed up. And tickets would go on sale on Friday, May 5th. Now that those now, now that the tickets are out, uh, now there was an understandable amount of concerns to the event. Let me let me be let me be uh, a little bit clear on that. Brit Great Britain, jolly old England, the UK is currently undergoing very economic political upheaval such as the cost of living crisis, the hatred for King Charles's coronation, and a bunch of ineffective leadership that's causing the economy to completely tank itself. So naturally, I had had conversations with some people who actually live in Great Britain, one mostly, to, to, and they gave the reason why they felt like AEW All-In would not sell 
for various reasons and why and even running the banks not even selling so well so they have their big concerns and they have their fight how travel would be damn expensive and all this stuff and all that nonsense and yeah and yeah so i was like okay maybe if they could have affordable accessibility with tickets that could ease some of the the burden the financial burden that would come with it but i get your point i hear you out Whereas other people, specifically travelers, have come out and said, No, this will never sell. This will fail. They will fail and they will fail and they will fail. And they will die because of it. Because I'm a wrestling fan of WWE tribalism. The shrine has spoken, goddammit. Well, as of May 6, 2023, I must stress was a Saturday, a day after the tickets went on public sale, and after several days of pre-sale tickets, they have amassed, have sold 60,000 tickets for $7.7 million. I must stress, they have not announced a match or a wrestler for the show. And rumors are going around that they might even be clocking in at 70,000 already. As of now. So naturally when this came out, people naturally reacted in the most spectacular ways. All the fans who actually give a damn about wrestling and care about wrestling and want to see the industry succeed all cheered and rejoiced and congratulated AEW. All the ones who are bitter, despondent, and have nothing better to do with their miserable lives decided to rant, rage, and come up with multiple conspiracies to try and say that this was a terrible thing that's happening because, I don't know, we're drunk on power. Like, uh, oh, I, I had some highlights from this. Uh, there was one where they claimed that Tony Khan was paying for the tickets. Yeah, that, that's a common that's a common thing they make uh, because uh, to the point that even WWE thinks that. Like, reportedly, WWE was like, wait, what? That's impossible. How could they be doing so well at, at Arthur Ashe Stadium? Certainly, they're selling more than a week. How, okay, so WWE Raw was struggling with the show, and they had to hire get Roman to come in. And then WWE reportedly was shocked that AEW managed to sell out that same arena in advance. And they were like, they have to be selling, buying those tickets themselves and giving it away for free. There is no way because we couldn't do it. They can't do it. Yes, I was actually confirmed in, in certain forms and reports, which is sad that WWE actually thinks this about themselves and their god complex. But besides that, I would like to point this out. When this happened, so that was a thing, and others were saying that the numbers were faked, and others were saying that the numbers were that the is actually forty thousand because the arena is at, the stadium scaled down to forty k, which Tony Khan dismissed and called the guy a Tony a Nick Khan agent. So uh, Nick Khan agency. <laughs> Yeah, I like Tony Khan shows up violence that day, so um Yeah. Um yeah. Uh so that happened. And um that had happened. Oh, and uh let's see. Uh oh I also had a uh, another thing. Um someone said he's lying about the numbers and how Ada did not really sell all those tickets, they were bought. Uh and whatnot, and I'm just like, what? 
Oh, and there was another tweet I found, and, and get this, this, this is their desperation. This is their desperation to show how much they've lost their sanity. It's actually a terrible look for AEW. Their bride is apparently much hotter in the UK than it is in their home country of America. It only highlights how much Tony Khan has failed to gain momentum for AEW and all for AEW in the US of A. WBD and TBS Network would be wondering what is wrong. Oh, I am a British scholar. I am fancy. Now, Wesley, feed me grapes from your hands. Seriously, what the hell was that last part? I was like, okay, they're doing good business there, therefore they're failing over here. That that's that's the hill you're ready to die on. <laughs> oh my god. First they say the numbers are rigged. They're not gonna sell. They're faking it. The prices are rigged. They're selling the tick they're buying the tickets themselves to give away for free. And now you're saying, because they did so damn well in the UK, that means they're clearly failing here. <laughs> I don't get this hatred. Yes, I get WWE's not doing so well with the QT arena for, for money in the bank, but still. So, so does that by that logic mean that Class of the Castle failed because it wasn't in the United States and therefore America sucks and Britons are awesome? Is that the logic we're going for? Or is it the possibility that Drew McIntyre could go all elite and go all in at the end of the night and then shock everybody again, closing main event in Class of the Castle and closing out all in if that's an actual possibility now? Is that the concern? Is it, it? Oh god, this is. This stunned me for a little bit. I was like, holy crap. Holy crap. What the hell, man? And, and they were throwing their head and saying that AW is conflating the numbers. They'll, they'll fake the number. The, they'll inflate the numbers to look even bigger for the show because WWE has certainly never been proven to have done that for WrestleMania at all. Definitely not ever. I'm like, uh, if you ignore all the evidence and facts and figures and attendance and testimonials that confirm that any tends to fake the number, tends to blow up the number a little bit more just to appease the investors. Um, th there's no one seeing the problem here. I, 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 okay, part of thinking, do they actually hate AEW? Or do they secretly use AEW as a way to express their hatred for WWE, but they can't say that to WWE because we're giving them my childhood and I can't betray my childhood memories. Even though you probably should be doing that. Except the childhood part, that, that's, that's impossible. How can you be betraying your childhood if you're criticizing a company now? But like, that's the thing I thought when I was, you know, you know, in the shower, hygiene, my, get, doing well with my hygiene, because, you know, as you know, people who watch AEW are, accordingly to them, not hygienic and filthy mongols, but, anyways, they can deny that, they can play, claim that I'm lying about taking showers and brushing my teeth and all that, 
they can claim that they can claim I don't do that and I'm actually a tribalist in disguise who's trying to act like he who's trying to act like he's trying to be the the middle ground trying to be the the guy who just wants to be a wrestling fan they can do that but this is the thing I have is it possible they don't really hate AEW but they're lashing out on AEW and saying all the stuff they would that other fans condemn WWE for doing, but they can't do it to WWE themselves because if they do that, they feel like they're portraying their own childhood memories and admitting that the WWE is not perfect. So they lash out on another company doing well by doing saying stuff that AEW will do that WWE has already done, except for the cover-ups and murders. Is that the thing we're going for? Is that the thing the tribalists did? That's just been a thing that recently came into my head. It would make sense in some ways, especially except for the Vince McMahon tribalists selling thinking Vince is the victim and everything, but it would kind of connect the dots on some things for me. I could be completely wrong and they're all just batshit insane, but I would somewhat get it if that was the other reason. So yeah, um, congratulations to AEW All In. You have sold big numbers. I can't wait to see what you bring to All In. Hope you bring other promotions involved just to continue the tradition that All In set for wrestling, especially since you have all that happening the week net, week after, which will mean you are all high on drugs for thinking that was a great idea. Probably, yeah, they thought that was a good idea. And damn it, I hope they do. I mean, damn it, I'm probably gonna buy both shows. And damn it, I, I hope they actually be more consumer friendly with this, where they just make out a bundle, all in, all out, bundled in one price. That that would cover the cost for a lot of people. But yeah, congratulations, all in. You've set a record. You beat WCW. That's saying something. You beat the WCW show of Atlanta, Georgia with uh, Goldberg and Hogan, and they had to do one match for that or to announce that to make that money happen. Whereas here, you just have to say, we're AEW and we're bringing back all in. Shut up and take my money, Tony. So props to that. Okay, I'm not bashing WCW or Eric Bischoff on that front. Like, let me be clear on that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying how AEW has broken nearly 60 years worth of wrestling history records on that. Uh, damn. Uh, and it'd be the largest non-WWE show in ever. So, props, props, props to everyone all around. This is how your, and especially consumer-friendly payments. Let's just hope the travels go well and they book everything in in the rain in, in pre-plan. Um, three of my online buddies are going to be there. Uh, rest, wins Dan, um, Dan, Dan from Pro Wrestling Musings, I believe, uh, is going there. He confirmed that. He told me that. I don't know if he's still on that site. Um, uh, Pete from Crazy Pete, as he's called. Uh, is also going to All In, and my buddy ATW Lex is going to All In. So let's hope those three meet each other and take a photo out together screaming, We're All In! This is Rage! This is War! And whatnot. That's the dream. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this was your host, Eric Brown of Neo Reality Entertainment, hosting NRE The Wrestleverse, host of NRE Wrestleverse Podcast, Episode 5. 
Feel free to like, comment, subscribe. Check out my other content in the description below. Thank you for more. I'll see you all again next time. Take care. And this is now the longest episode yet. We'll see where things go from here. I'll see you all again next time. Take care of yourselves and each other. And we'll see you all again soon. Peace. I'm out. See you all again. Peace out.